Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe. Hosted on the Relay FM network, I am one of your hosts, Yasmin Avian, and with me as always, my two awesome co-hosts, Ronald, Iv- Ronald, <laughs> Ronald Ivanovich. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Ronald. Welcome, Ronald. I don't even know where I got Ronald from. <laughs> Russell wasn't really working out, folks. So, you know, I mean, you, you, you heard it, we heard it. With, I'm just glad that one of you actually wrote an email and insisted that we remove him, so... <laughs> we we do read your emails, we do listen to your questions and comments, and he's out, gone. gone. Don't even ask where he is. We want to want to welcome Ronald, uh, who uh, actually was recommended to us by Russell. Apparently, uh, it's someone who works in his office, uh, shares many of the same sensibilities, and actually the same voice, uh, oddly enough, but we're, we're going to trust him. And this is not just uh, Russell under another name trying to get back into our good graces. <laughs> Yes, I'm also better spoken, uh, more intelligent, and more insightful. It's not, it's not a high bar, though. Let's face <laughs> yeah. it, the Russell guy. Oh, our my co-host Russell Ivanovich and Andy Anako. Hello, <laughs> not, not Ronald. I have I don't know where that came the from. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, Yasmin just gets a little bit closer to replacing us all. Yeah. Is there is there a Ronald in your life that you're very concerned about right now? Is there a Ronald in your office that you have a crush on that you've been trying to suppress these? These these emotions. Uh, No, my husband's name is not Ronald. And I I actually don't know. I don't have a Ronald in my life. I don't. I have no idea. Yet. You're coming. I'm going to read the next Ronald I meet. I'm just going to be like, you are meant to come into my life and take over material. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's my new goal. Find all the Ronalds and eliminate them so I can keep my job. So we had a pretty awesome uh, Google event today. I know uh, Russell stayed up until like 2.30 in the morning to watch it live with everyone. So that was uh, pretty exciting. Did you you guys watch the live event? Yeah, I did. Like you said, I stayed up and I got very excited. And I really appreciated the fact that they raced through everything really fast because I'm like, I'm getting very tired. Please finish. (laughs) Well, I managed not to go to bed uh, again after waking up, uh, so I was awake for the noon to one thirty uh, simulcast here in the here in the East Coast. Glad I did too, because <laughs> chock a block full of intrigue and incitement was it? Yes, it was. Yeah, I was sold on the six P. I thought I was going to be walking away with a five X, but when they showed that six P, and then they brought out the plastic uh, little brother five X. Oh, I was like, you're so cute, but 6P is now, what, just what, nice. What did you respond to with the 6P? I, I was, I don't, I think I, I think I uh, sent Russell a message saying I love Google. I think that's just. <laughs> I, I think you may have said that Google. more than once, Yasmin. <laughs> I've never been on a yeah, live stream with Yasmin. She was just in the chat room, but she was going crazy. <laughs> I love Google. This is amazing. I want three. No, I have four. I'll take everything. I'm like, oh, wherever your credit card is right now, I hope you've, uh, you've hidden it under the table. <laughs> I wanted everything in every color. <laughs> well, do you, are you, are you going to go to Japan? Because apparently there is a gold version that you can only get in Japan. Yeah, I didn't see, I haven't seen actually any real pictures of it, <laughs> which I guess is probably a good thing because I would want to buy it, but I'm not in Japan. So I would have to find a Japan material listener to ship me you a You can phone. get you one of those like black bun uh, uh, Big Macs as well. The ones that's colored with squid ink. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It probably would last the whole flight back. So. Yeah. So if you live in Japan, the UK, even Ireland, you can get this phone. If you live in Australia, oh, wah, 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 it's not available for you. Not, not that I'm bitter or anything. Not that I was ready to order three of them. Yeah. And uh, got denied. But you know, what, whatever. Not that you even tried to hack the system into letting it order. Yes, me. Not that it rejected my Australian credit card after I. Uh, no, I did. I didn't do any of that. Yes, man. What are you suggesting? I would never circum. Circumvent the geo-blocking. It's, it's not my thing. <laughs> but but what, what was it that got you, the 6P? I, I was looking at both of them, and I uh, I was really, really pleased that the, one of the features that I always, always, always treasure is a really good camera. I was really pleased they didn't do that thing where we put the good camera and the expensive phone. We gave you the okay camera and the budget phone because you budget people don't deserve to have good pictures. So I, I didn't I didn't know if I was going to get one or the other because that, that really would have done it for me. So, but what was it for you that, that drew you to the 6P? I think it's the aluminum back. It just looks like a really nice device. It looks like a really high-end device, and it's a Nexus. Yeah. And, um, and fingerprint reading, USB-C, and. finally maybe a good camera and a good screen. I don't think we've ever seen all those things converge on a Nexus device like that. Yeah. Like It's very rare 
for the Nexus device to be the flagship phone, to be like, hey, here's everything a phone should have, you know, as of today. Generally, a Nexus device is lagging, you know, six months behind whatever, you know, various manufacturers have released. And it, is this the first time that it's, I don't, I don't know, I'm trying to, you know, cast my mind back, that it's actually been like, wow, this is the the latest and greatest of everything. Yeah, this is pretty much as good as you can expect a phone to be. You could waffle about like whether you could have gotten a better processor in there, but the constellation of CPUs in there is exactly what you'd expect from a from a high-end phone. Uh, fingerprint readers, not and again, not just in the high-end one, but in both models. USB-C, not in, just in one, but both models. 128 gigabytes of storage uh, in the high-end model. I was looking, uh, and you're right. I was looking at this and trying to figure out what would I what would I f- find in here that I would not that I would expect that I wouldn't expect to find in like the best flagship phone that you'd get from uh, from Samsung or HTC. And I just I'm drawing a blank. It really is. A, and, and for all that, it's, it's less expensive than what you'd expect to pay for uh, an iPhone 6P or, uh, or uh, 6S or, or one of the I've been making that mistake all day long. You <laughs> jerks <laughs> naming your big phones the, the, the 6. I keep saying iPhone 6P and I keep saying Nexus 6S. <laughs> just, just while we're on that topic, is there any? Do you know of the reason they've gone with five X and six P? Like, do those letters have any significance whatsoever? No, I've, I've none that I've been able to find out. I've, I've been sort of asking around about it for the past month or so since it looked like those are definitely going to be the the correct names of it. The, the code names code names are interesting because sometimes they they are truly meaningful, uh, like the uh, uh, like the uh, Pixel C. Uh, and it stands for something or it, but sometimes it just it was just one of the letters that was attached to a project at some point it stuck they didn't see any reason to change it and sometimes it has a connotation that you will never get them to admit because well i started my 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 favorite i'm a brony and my favorite my little pony is pinkie pie so that's so i call i start calling it the fu- the, the 6p and i'm not supposed to t- that's we're off the record aren't we <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive hero material. You heard why it's called the six P and X. Just because X is cool. Yeah. No, you know why not? Okay. One of the main reasons, or that I decided to get the six P, even before I saw the actual uh, in the live event when I actually saw the phone, was the battery size. Yeah. So that is what really sold me. You know, when you had all the leaks and you saw the like giant battery, and I thought to myself, <laughs> "Ooh, I am finally going to be able to have a phone that doesn't die." You know, in the middle of the day, unless you know, or, or that I have to charge it, even if I'm using quick charge in the middle of the day, so I can use it at night when I'm at home or out and about, and I don't have a charger. And that was the thing that really sold me. But then when I actually saw the device live in person and the camera bump didn't look as big as the renders made it look like, then I was sold. Because I was looking at the 6P uh, leaks and the renders and I was like, that camera looks so hideous on the back. You know, there's this like giant bump. But then when you actually saw it live, it looked really, really nice. And it has an AMOLED um, screen, which I believe the Nexus 5X is an LCD and I am just sold on the AMOLED display. Like I have that on the old uh, Motorola, the 2014, um, and I have it on my watch. And it just makes the blacks be, you know, like a true black. And you can get a greater battery savings because it's not lighting up the entire screen. It's just lighting up the pi- the pixels that it needs. Um, so that was kind of one of the the main things, which is surprising because the new Motorola X. Uh, is an is an AMOLED, right? It, yeah, it's, it's, what it's, it's an LCD it panel. But yeah, I mean that's one of the things that got me as well because all the leaks it looked like there was a giant periscope on the top of your phone, and you felt like you could just peek it up out of the bath, <laughs> and you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I want my phone like that. Yeah. And then yeah, when he was actually holding it on the stage, you're like, wow, there's only actually a few millimeters of of inclination there. Like it's nothing like it was in the. Uh, the leaked images. Yeah, and you get over that pretty darn quickly. Yeah, those renders made it look bad. It's uh, there. Wired had an interview with uh, their, one of their industrial designers who was talking about that and saying, "Yeah, well, I mean, there's no other. We we wanted to put this big ass sensor in there, and there's no other way to really do that. And I'm I'm personally, I'm just really convinced that there's sometimes you get into design woo woo, where you're looking at this just as a static object of, but the the contours communicate the function <laughs> and the intention of the device any extraneous contour is an extrusion into the presence of 
Okay, yes, fine. Thank you. You know, here's your ten thousand dollar check. Thank you for speaking at our at our junior college. Uh, but uh, you you forget all about that as soon as if there's a reason for it, if there's a purpose for it, if it makes you get if it lets you get the really really much better pictures than you can get anywhere else, I'm I'm, I'm all for it. And they made a big point of how they're using a sensor that has uh, like a 1.5 microns uh, individual uh, pixel sensors and comparing that to I think the iPhone 6P has one point two and making and I think that's the new megapixel myth. Like remember when they used to try to sell you that, well this camera must be better because it has more megapixels than the other. That please don't ask if we take if it takes really crappy high megapixel pictures. You know <laughs> and that's because it's I mean I I was there there were a few broadsides against the iPhone during this uh, presentation and one of them one of them was one of them was kinda <laughs> hopeful and kind of desperate saying and it does so great in our low light because of these big pixel sensors it does so great in low light performance that it doesn't need optical image stabilization and i'm i'm like my eyebrow is arching as i'm taking notes saying i hope the next line is it doesn't need it but we give it anyway just to make sure that it has the best low light performance anywhere i'm like okay that's 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 certainly a choice you could have made but because just uh, just uh, last week i was taking a, uh, my demo pictures uh, with the numoto x and I was uh, taking them side by side with the iPhone 6 Plus, not the not even the new one, the old one. It was just the one, the one that I happen to have with me. Uh, and a lot of my demo pictures are inside the Boston Public Library because it's indoors. It's you can take some beautiful pictures in there, but it's not outside, bright sunlight, beautiful day. And it just underscored every single time I try any camera that has optical image stabilization and any camera that does not have optical image stabilization, picture after picture after picture image stabilization will kick that other camera's butt it didn't it didn't matter that the uh, moto x has 20 megapixels instead of eight it was just kicking the that, that moto's butt and shot after shot after shot so i'm hoping that they're correct i'm hoping that it's so light sensitive <laughs> that i can like shoot at one one thousandth of a <laughs> one thousandth of a second even when i'm indoors in a closet but we'll find out yeah, I, I had the same feeling. I mean, obviously, from an optics point of view, if you can let in a whole bunch of light and snap that shutter really fast, then you're not going to get blur. But I, yeah, I'm a bit doubt, doubtful that through that tiny little lens, if you're like in the dark, that you'll be able to hold your phone perfectly still to get that um, non-blurry photo. But I, I guess we have to wait and see. You know, there, there is such a thing as being uh, cautiously optimistic. Did anyone else think that the picture, you know, they had three different pictures that they put side by side and they compared the the camera of the new Nexus device, compared it to the iPhone uh, 6. And the low light one looked great, but the one in the daylight didn't look yeah. so hot. Yeah, I did understand that. The iPhone one looked a million times better. I'm like, if you're going to pick three yeah. demo photos to show people, why not make yours look the best or at least, you know, equal to? I, I don't understand the logic here. You get there to was, choose them. There's quite a few points in that event where I'm like, oh, that doesn't really work on live stage, but sure, <laughs> like if that's how you want to present it, go for it. Yeah, it's 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 hard. I'll, I'll be I'll be really surprised if it's better than the iPhone 6. Or I'll, I'll be pleased and surprised if it's better than the iPhone 6B um, because... It's just more the more the more I use it, the more I, I I value how good that camera is. Yeah, I mean, I think the other interesting thing it's it's a Huawei device or Huawei. I've always forgotten how to pronounce this, but it's um you know it's a really sort of high end design device, and it does remind me a lot of the um the Galaxy X six and the Note five with those the chamfered the chamfered cut diamond <laughs> edges, you know, and the the metal sort of rim that goes around the outside, and the way that kind of angles down looks yeah it looks a lot like an S six. And it reminds me of the speakers of the HTC, yeah, the double speakers uh, in yeah, the front. Yeah, yeah. You're, see, you're seeing those all over the place. Uh, Motorola has them. The HTC has them. I mean, they're surprisingly useful. You don't, you, you don't know how off uh, it's. Uh, you don't know how awful it is to have to connect to speakers wirelessly, even via Bluetooth, until you realize that you know what. These front-facing speakers, now they're just loud enough and just good enough that I think I'll just listen to podcasts through my phone instead of having to pair and repair and reconnect. Well, do we have a device for you, Andy? (laughs) (laughs) A Chromecasting audio device. Did they change the name on that? It's it's still Chromecast. Chromecast audio. So Chromecast is a device and then Googlecast is the standard, I think. Uh But they're the same name for the... Because we were having trouble distinguishing between. Well, the two. no, it's it's easy to distinguish between the two because they they did something adorable with the audio one. Now it's got grooves like a record. That's how you know which one you got there. 
But I can just imagine you running out the door and you have the Chromecast video and audio and then you have the Chromecast audio that only does that and they, they're they about the same size and you just pick one and run out. Then you arrive at wherever you're supposed to go and realize you have the well, wrong I th- one. Well, I think the fact that one has an HDMI cable like actually soldered into it. <laughs> no, 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 Andy. I'm I'm thinking, you know, you're you're busy. You're not thinking straight. Yeah. You're describing something. Your house right is full of the Chromecast. There are hundreds of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's like seven at your house, Russell. Yeah. So it is very possible. But that's why they've made them different colors, Yasmin. You can now get them in yellow, red, and I'm trying to remember what the other color was. It yeah looked all brightly colored. Black. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of cool though. How like on the new version of the video Chromecast, now they're for, for one I've. Uh, now that we actually see the real thing as opposed to just a render, you appreciate that. Oh, okay, I see why they've added like that three inch now a cable dongle. So now because you can actually squeeze it into spaces that you couldn't get the full like molded on body connector before. I was surprised though that they added a cool little trick where there's a magnet embedded inside. The, it's, it's shaped like a little disc, and there's a magnet embedded inside the disc so that when you unplug it, you can fold the HDMI connector. It'll click closed which will make it really really portable and easy to just slip inside a bag or something um i travel with a chromecast definitely because it's so small you know and i've got like three of them so why not i've i I can't remember google ever being really emphatic about how this is something you should always have with you in your travel kit it's good for no matter where you go you can give presentations it's all true but i've never heard them uh talk about that so strongly so that they're going to actually put a feature to make it more travel friendly yeah, definitely. I mean, I've carried mine around as well. And it's sometimes a little bit awkward because the current stick is, you know, it's fairly, I mean, it's a tiny thing, but it's fairly small when you're trying to jam that thing into the back of a TV. And it's just, you know, without the, there's an adapter, I think, that comes with the box, but yeah. generally I don't carry that around. And sometimes you can't quite get it into the HDMI ports that are on the back of a TV. Whereas this with its, you know, flexible cable, I can see, you know, being real easy. You're in a hotel room and maybe you're not happy with the hotel service. You just, Runk. Mm-hmm. Plug that in and suddenly you've got your own um, TV. I guess the other interesting part is they've updated the Chromecast app. So yeah. one thing that always shocked me about the Chromecast is it was super easy to get um, you know, content from your phone onto it, but it wasn't super easy to find that content. Like if you're just sitting back and you're like, oh, you know, I want to watch some Arrested Development or I want to watch you know, some other TV show, you had to manually go and dig for all that. You're like, oh, okay, I think maybe I'll go check Netflix and then maybe I'll have a look in Hulu where... Now they have this thing where you can just say, I want to watch this, and the Chromecast app will actually say, you know, hey, here's the four different apps that it's available in, and one of these you don't have. You know, you can grab it from the store if you want to. Mm. I thought that one thing was really interesting about that, that it includes YouTube in the search results. And in the presentation they talked about, and it'll in YouTube you'll find like the trailer for the show that you're talking about and behind-the-scenes interviews and making-of documentaries, and I'm thinking... And also bootleg copies that have been posted illegally? <laughs> or, or is the app going to do something that the regular YouTube search doesn't? And if it does turn up, you know, you've, it's, it's, there's, there's almost like a the, – the second most famous video effect to the Ken Burns effect now is the crop it weirdly and add a weird vignetting – filter to it so that the built in the built in algorithm that looks for pirated content will not locate it and you almost every time i've looked for a show i wanted to, sh- to see it's been available somewhere on youtube and you can't imagine that content providers would be happy with a feature as easy and as nice as the new chromecast app uh, making it so easy to find well you can either subscribe to hulu or subscribe to hbo go or buy the episode for 2.99 or if you don't mind having the t- size in the top cropped off and it being sped up by 10%, you can watch it for free on YouTube. We don't care. Just read the ads. I, I, I bet you when they were doing the content deals with you know Hulu and Netflix and these other companies, that would have definitely come up in discussions. And I have a feeling that those results are either going to be lower or just not there at all. Like I wonder if – I know in some of their mobile apps, they used to have a thing where you couldn't get all the YouTube videos. It only seemed to be a list that – had somehow been magically approved, and I, I wonder if they'd go back, you know, to that somehow. Yeah, it's also the uh, um, maybe maybe you have have more knowledge about this. I really like the idea of uh, now it features the ability of an app to pre-cache content, so that uh, the demonstration they gave was so you launch the the Netflix app 
and uh, it will automatically, if it sees a Chromecast, get ready to go on the Chromecast. So if you do decide to do the switch, you don't have to wait for a connection. You don't have to wait for pre-stream. And also apparently has the ability that at the developer's discretion, Netflix can decide, well, he's been binge-watching Bob's Burgers. He ended at se- at season four, episode two. So we're going to pre-stream the first five minutes of episode three in case he wants to pick up where he left off. Uh, and so it gives you some, one of the nicest features of uh, uh, of Amazon's uh, Kindle Amazon uh, Android tablets is that it does that sort of predictive stuff so that it feels a lot faster than it actually is because behind the scenes it actually guessed correctly that you're a, a person of uh, of predictable natures and wants. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, from a developer point of view, like the, the current version that's out there, when you launch an app, uh, until you press that Chromecast button, it hasn't even sent the signal over to say, hey, Chromecast, like this is the app I am. Please launch my app, which is the first step. And then after that, it has to say to the app, you know, hey, app that I'm now communicating with, here's the content I want you to play. And they weren't kidding. I mean, that can sometimes take, you know, 10, 15 seconds where if you open something like Pocket Cast and it sees a Chromecast and the Chromecast app is loaded, you know, presumably if nothing else is playing is uh, I would think how it would work. Then you've saved yourself that initial five to six seconds. And the cool thing there is that also means our app is now connected to the Chromecast. So when it comes time to to send it content, even if we don't, you know, do the prefetching thing, it can be really fast. But, you know, you can do um, some clever things then. You can go, well, Andy, you know, he's got an episode loaded in his player already. Um, he's in the same room as a Chromecast. Maybe, you know, just start buffering the, the first bit of that. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a – I mean, it's a small feature, but it's, it's a big win, I think. It was one of those few areas in which uh... – Google tried to make a direct broadside against Apple. They made a big point of saying it was it wasn't as strong as arrogant as they were like a four or five years ago, where they would they would they would say a way that they're doing it that Apple's not doing it, and they say, "Come on, guys, it's 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 an easy it's an easy decision." Uh, and th- with this one, they're saying, "And because we and because we're using the the device you already own as the controller and to find the content, we can now sell these for thirty five dollars each." And because it's just, uh, and without tying up any, and it's, it, it, because it's so small, it hides behind your TV without giving you another big ugly black box that sits somewhere in the tangle of stuff behind your TV set. Do we know if the the um, content prediction is also going to be available for older Chromecast devices, or is it just for the new one? I don't think I've read that anywhere. I mean, from a hardware point of view, I can't see why that would require yeah. you know any special sort of hardware because the way it works has always been you know kick off the app on the device and then tell the app uh, what you want to play, and the app actually goes and streams that on your Chromecast. So I guess that's where you know they were pushing the this is better than Apple TV thing because that means you can just go and walk out of the room and the content. You know, we'll keep playing without your phone having to be there or your phone dies or whatever. So I don't see Google sort of doing that thing that, you know, Apple does sometimes being, this is only for the new devices and you must buy one right. of these new devices because yeah. they, they sort of figure out their 20 million uh, Chromecast sold to date, I believe. A little less than that. I think it was 18 maybe. I don't know. But, but, you're, but you're right. It was, if, if it wasn't that, it wasn't, wasn't far from that. Um, which uh, and they they made a point of how that this that uh, Chromecast has not been around as long as the other streaming boxes. Um, I mean, it's it's it, I, I like this difference of uh, of opinion in how these things are working. Uh, it's timely given that Apple has just announced the new version of the Apple TV, and now instead of being a ninety nine dollar box, it's going to be a hundred and fifty dollar box. It's all power to them because this is really a, it could be a desktop computer. Uh, it really could be a Chrome uh, OS computer if they wanted to be have that sort of functionality. If they allowed developers to write those kind of apps for it, so it's a lot more ambitious than uh, than the Chromecast. But you weigh you've got a hundred. Let's say you got a hundred fifty dollar budget to make TV in your home more awesome. You can either buy a Chromecast for every screen you have inside the house, <laughs> or you can have one <laughs> one Apple TV. Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to have to make that decision. Yeah, and I think even internally to Google's own product line, you've got Android TV, which is, you know, depending on the unit that you pick, roughly the same price as um, Apple TV, and you've got Chromecast. And it seems like two way two ways of doing similar things. Like the Android TV is all about, you know, there's an interface on your TV and that's where you find all the content, whereas the Chromecast is all about, hey, the interface is on your phone and, you know, your phone controls it. And it, it's, I don't know, it's kind of odd to see those two um, competing ways of doing the same thing, and it seems like at the moment, at least, Chromecast is the one that's you know winning out by a long way. 
Yeah, they even um, added the new like gaming feature that you'll be able to use your phone, regardless if it's iOS or Android, as a remote control, and then you'll be able to watch it on the Chromecast, the game. So I am really excited to uh, test that out um, because you like regardless of ecosystem, you'll have a controller. You don't have to go out and buy another fifty dollar controller if you have the Fire TV or even you know the Nexus player. You'll be able to use your phone for that. I'm curious on how much it's gonna kill your battery life on your phone, but um, it'll still be fun while you're while you're testing it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that looks like a cool feature as well. I was I never know whether to be excited by those things or whether there's demo, demos that kind of don't materialize because I assume there has to be obviously support from developers on that side. You know, some multiplayer across your road would have been cool to steal some uh, Apple Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, across your road, please come to. Uh, Android Chromecast, <laughs> but you, then you actually have to like bump the other person with your phone, like physically. That's how. That, it that's works. how I would play all my uh, multiplayer <laughs> gaming. I, I find it's way more effective. I, I try and beat my kids at Super Smash Brothers. I just can't do it. So then I have to resort to the thing where you know you put your hand <laughs> over their eyes or you you know just gently push yeah. them. So you're like, ha, ah, I got you. Ah. No, don't don't do that to your kids. Not a good idea. <laughs> you will teach them bad things. Trust me. I'm just glad that I'm just glad that there are these like a. Uh, uh, 150 bucks for Apple TV. You really have to decide that that's something you really want, and, and, and I'm sure it's going to. I've seen it now, and it's a it's a really lovely box. But you have to really decide you want it. 35 bucks is really almost at well, what the hell? Let's 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 buy it and see if we actually use it. And a lot of people who might be on the fence about something that's a little bit more ambitious uh, might dive into that. I was particularly interested in uh, uh, in in the audio device. Because I have, I I have the I don't know if if some if cops are going to come break break down my door when they find out that I do have a uh, I do have a uh, an iPod Hi-Fi that was that like white like stormtrooper <laughs> style speaker. Did, did you pay for this, Andy? Or? I know I did I did I did. But you bought an iPod Hi-Fi. iPod Hi-Fi, but that was one where Steve Jobs introduced it, saying, "Well, this, and the sound quality is, has a built-in like iPod dock back when it had the thirty-pin like fat dock, and the sound quality is so good from this. I've actually got rid of all of my home stereo equipment. This and now I've just got nothing but iPod Hi-Fis, and for uh, I, I I I bought it." And because I got a good when they when it started to tank, like they started to get rid of those at a pretty good price. And I thought, okay, great, I'll have a nice kitchen speaker. And I swear to God, for the past four years at least, it's just been like one half of a set of bookends that keep my cookbooks <laughs> standing up. And so, but I'm so totally going to buy an audio uh, an audio Chromecast and plug it into that. So I don't know whether again there'll be a sort of you know uh, the the shining sort of effect when I put plug a Chromecast device into as a as an input for an Apple Hi-Fi. <laughs> but that, I, I think a lot of people are going to do that though. Thirty five bucks, take whatever pair of speakers. They're really really good. They're just too inconvenient for you to use because you can't bring your phone to it. And even sometimes pairing your it's uh, it's not that I am not aware that you pair a phone to a Bluetooth speaker once, but it's never you have this impulse that hey here's, here's a podcast I was listening to during my walk. I think I want to continue to listen to it in the kitchen. You still have to make sure that something is turned on. You still have to go into settings and switch it over to a Bluetooth device uh, or all kinds of have un, all kinds of unpredictable things happen to simply tap a, what I love about Chromecast both on video and uh, on video is that you simply decide that suddenly you want to see this on a better screen you tap a button and suddenly it's on a better screen yeah and all, all you need is a PowerPoint you know there's um, you can get the headphone connector you can get the RCA cables I think you can also get optical on it yeah so literally all you need to do is plug it into a PowerPoint plug the other end into, you know, your speakers or your stereo and you're done. You know, it, it's always sitting there waiting for you to, to throw content at it. And one other interesting thing, I mean, this is not my house setup, but I know quite a few people who put speakers all through their house and they now have a feature on there where you can, you know, sync those up as well. So you can be throw this content not just onto this audio Chromecast, but, you know, the other three that I bought for my uh, fancy mansion setup <laughs> that I have. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. Sonos introduced, uh, released a five hundred dollar uh, Sonos uh, new speaker, uh, and they are th one of the reasons why they don't. You can't just simply Wi-Fi uh, stream to a Sonos is because the quality of the, the stream is not good enough for. They really want to go for the audio audiophile market. But how many people are willing to spend five hundred dollars for one speaker, no matter how good it, how matter how good it sounds? Particularly if you're going to be playing like compressed MP3s and and even more heavily compressed podcast streams. So it's it's kind of like with the, with the video Chromecast, 
would you rather have one $500 speaker or would you rather have every pair of speakers you've got lying around your house able to be findable from your phone and be able to play the same content, like you said, at the same time uh, as you go from, you know, from your office into the kitchen, into the bedroom, into the living room and back into the office again? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle for companies like um, Sonos who have been really popular, you know, in the past. But as this kind of, you know, standard starts to creep in that, you know, I, I buy a $35 device and suddenly any speakers I own, you know, are accessible and they're easily accessible. You know, there's no weird sort of apps to go through. There's just one button that's common to all my apps, a little Chromecast button. I tap that and uh, boom, audio. So yeah, if I was them, I'd be a little bit, you know, worried right now. Yeah, I'm curious to listen to the sound quality and see if it is comparable. I, see, I can't say that it wouldn't be because it's it's not streaming the content from your phone. It's streaming it from the internet. And as long as you have a decent, you know, internet connection, I mean, audio is not, you know, super high bandwidth. There's no such thing as 4K um, audio. <laughs> well, there probably is actually. I, I shouldn't say that. You know, there are some audio files that love, you know, their stuff uncompressed at the, We're gonna get some hate mail at the highest bit rate, you know, lossless compression. But for a lot of people, you know, if you can get, a 256k mp3 then that's that's pretty good quality and that's not a lot of bandwidth yeah most people won't notice yeah, i have a i have a pair of sonos speak one pair of sonos speakers in my living room and the only time that i can even convince myself i can really hear a difference is those rare recordings that like a, an opera recording where it's not only loud but all kinds of frequencies also where i'm uh, maybe not coincidentally a lot of music that I happen to regularly listen to just on a good pair of headphones. So I know how good it can sound when it's just uh, going through a headphone jack. Um, and I'll even admit that it, it could all be in my head, but I can at least imagine it's the only kind of music where I can actually imagine that whatever I'm listening to with a Wi-Fi stream is not as good as what I'm getting through Sonos. That's that's way. I, I don't you love when you, you ever go into Wirecutter and uh, I, I love how they get not just people like me who just review a lot of stuff and have a lot of experience maybe with a lot of stuff, but for the audio stuff they'll get like an audio engineer, the sort of people who not you know <laughs> you walk into their house and you see that not only do they have like the ten thousand dollar per meter speaker cables, but they're on like little like elevated tracks so that they're electrically isolated from the ground and they can <laughs> and they will sh and when, if you ask if they can tell the difference they will show you like a histogram that they plotted themselves where they recalibrated <laughs> it just that morning yeah the other interesting device that was announced towards the end was the, the pixel c mm. so you, you know, they just casually, um, just this guy just casually walks on stage. He's got, he's holding it. He just casually <laughs> unclips the, the keyboard, you know, which magnetically docks to the rest of it. And he's like, look, no kickstand. You know, I can put this at all these different angles. And, you know, oh, and by the way, you know, if, if I close it, well, you know, it charges it. No, no problems. You just need to leave it closed for a few minutes a day and it's, it's, it's charged. And then he's doing all these different things, you know, unclipping the keyboard, um, clipping it back on. I'm like, what, what does that thing run? It's a, it's a Pixel C, you know, yeah. what's the operating system on that? And he, he didn't mention it right until the end. And even then he just kind of dropped it in. He's like, oh, yes, uh, Android Marshmallow something something supports. Blah. I'm like, what? It's a Pixel running Android? <laughs> yeah, I was, we were, I was like, wait, is it a Chromebook or is it a, a tablet? You keep on saying tablet, but then you kept on keep on saying Pixel C and I'm really <laughs> confused. And then he eventually walks off stage and we're just yelling at him like, come back, Google man, tell us what it is. <laughs> yeah, I was I, 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 I was writing on deadline. So I actually had to like email my contact saying, what what does this run? And then it took me like another 10 minutes before I found <laughs> yeah. it. I, I found the press release that they actually like actually listed it because you're right. It looks exactly like to its credit. It looks exactly like the Pixel, which is their really super expensive, fancy schmancy notebook that doesn't run anything but Chrome OS. Uh, and that would have been kind of a bold move for them to do a, a tablet version of Chrome OS. Um, as a, or it, I, I always thought that the whole point of Pixel was to, for developers and for leading executives who are invested in Chrome OS but don't want to have a cheap Samsung or a cheap uh, Asus tablet or whatever, they want to have something that really looks like a very, very... A polished thing they want to have that polished thing i mean it looks absolutely gorgeous it looks like it could be the uh, the nicest looking uh android tablet on the market uh whether it's the most useful one that remains to be seen the, the magnets were interesting um I, I got a better sense of it when uh, i saw a video from the demo room 
so apparently, so there's a it, it's a, a powerful magnets. There's also it's not because it doesn't. I thought it might just connect from the edge, which made me very concerned when they started swinging it in 360 degree arcs to show you <laughs> yeah. how tightly it's connected. But actually, there's a pl- it's like please exactly, don't do that. Exactly. There's, 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 there's actually there's actually a, a plate that flips up that makes the magnetic connection uh, connection. So there's lots of surface area, and it also makes uh, it adjustable. Okay. So that you adjustable like a laptop, so you don't have just here's the one angle you can get it at. Uh, so it looks. It, the other thing that was I had to follow up on was it looked like they were saying the keyboard was full sized, but it didn't look like a full sized keyboard. It turns out that if you were to take uh, the laptop that might be in front of you right now and imagine and draw like a rectangle around like the QWERTY part of it and the numerical part of it and say that that's going to be exactly the same size. And then you just basically get a razor blade and you slice off everything that is not in that section. Uh, because so, so apparently for that's for the, for the, for the things you're going to be touch typing on, that's full sized keys. But then when you get into the delete key, the delete key is like a half the size that it would be on another thing. Tab keys and other keys are like that are like little slivers. Uh, people that uh, I've talked to who actually used it in the demo room said that you get used to it pretty quickly, but you do have to get used to it. But I got I got to say that that's probably uh, I, uh, I obviously they weren't doing anything in response to the iPad Pro because they couldn't possibly have seen it b- before then. Um, the iPad Pro has a full sized keyboard, but it's one of those fabric covered keyboards uh, that it's mechanical switches, but very very flat switches and a very very weird feel. I've got a a keyboard like that when I was testing out mobile keyboards here. And it's certainly usable, but it's not the sort of thing where if you're buying this to work as a productivity machine, it's not something that I would love to use for hours and hours on end. So they definitely made a vote for let's give people real key switches, the keys that they use the most often, let's give that let's make them as comfortable and big as possible. And then if people have to look before they tab, they'll just have to look before they tab. <laughs> I, I think they also shaved off. I think they said five keys that they've moved, um, you know, on screen. So that yeah. if you need those, you know, they're accessible up there. And which, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because, you know, there, there seems to be, you know, Microsoft with their Surface, Apple with their iPad Pro, and now Google with their new Pixel C, all kind of aiming at the same thing. You know, what if you could have a tablet uh, with a keyboard that detaches that you can use as a tablet sometimes, but you know, when you need to get a lot of typing done you dock this thing in, you know, magnetically and you, you tilt the screen to how you want and away you go. I think the interesting part, though, is that I have seen some leaks, um, you know, not that Google sent me or just, just online about multitasking in Android M, so, you know, split screen uh, type stuff. But that's not in, as far as I know, that's not in the consumer release. So it's almost like that part is missing from the operating system. You know, you've got you've got the keyboard, you know, you've got the the, the touch surface, but there's no way at the moment to have you know two apps side by side or anything like that. Yeah, I, I wish they'd steal that idea, <laughs> steal the the same idea that Apple stole from whether they stole it from Microsoft <laughs> or stole it from Samsung. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think I've seen the Microsoft one. It's a little bit more flexible in how you know far you can drag the windows. The Apple one is you know a third or a half. You basically get to choose. Or I think there's another mode where you can just swipe it in temporarily yeah. and swipe it back out. Like I said, it seems like some of that stuff is built into Android M behind the scenes and not enabled. So it's entirely possible when this thing launches, they'll push some magic button. They'll be like, "Hey, um, you know, split screen," but they didn't show that off. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, the other thing I've never been sure about is this is a really cool device. It's like if you remember the Nexus, Nexus sorry, not Nexus, the Pixel tablet of last year. This was like a really high end um, Chromebook. You know, one of the, probably the most high-end Chromebook ever made it was like oh look at this and I think they're trying to say you know Pixel is for you know outstanding design and and flagship and this is a really high-end tablet but it comes into a market of Android tablets where if we're being honest you know they haven't sold incredibly well there's not a lot of apps um, you know that are are optimized for Android tablets and whether this changes that or not I really don't know I don't think so. Yeah the the other thing to look at is that I don't think that even Apple is very happy with the sales of their 9.7-inch tablet. They they can sell a lot of the... They, they've never... I, I guess the big tip-off is that they've never talked about what the sales of the mid, of the 9.7-inch iPad Air are, whereas they couldn't talk fast enough about selling... Uh, selling uh, was it 13 or 14 million iPhone 6s on the first weekend? Uh, so it's possible. it's possible that this is the wrong device 
for what they want. A- Apple, when they made the iPad Pro, they said, "Nope, screw it. We're going. F- we're making a full 12.9 inch screen. The uh, the uh, the the Surface is beyond any beyond any." possible argument a full-on windows 10 device you could use it as a notebook if you wanted to so it remains to be seen if anybody really wants to use a 10.2 inch screen for productivity yeah i know i think the other thing that remains to be seen is what does this mean for chrome os like is chrome os still a thing going forward that you're going to put on high-end laptops or is it just you know for something to give you know kids that are going to high school yeah, I was really curious about that because they made it a Android running tablet versus something that runs Chrome OS. So you kind of makes you wonder, are they, you know, trying to push more Android uh, uh, tablets for productivity or, or is it just another Google thing where they the company is so big that they can do so many different things that they don't necessarily have to push one, you know, one certain thing and hope it sells a invest in all, all across the board. Or, or maybe they just realized that $1,500 for a computer that runs a web browser, maybe that's a very limited market. <laughs> and it, I mean, the Chrome, Chromebooks are a huge success, but where they were designed to be to succeed with $200, $250, really well, the best made notebook you can buy for under $300. Uh, and maybe they're saying, well, there's no need for us to demonstrate to developers and the industry how to make a good $300 Chromebook, their good $300 Chromebooks already being made. So, well, but I agree that confused the heck out of me, uh, whether, why they would call it, uh, why would, why would they would call it that? It made me wonder how they're choosing to define the word Nexus now. Um, we didn't hear anything about uh, their, about the Google TV. We didn't hear anything about a couple other devices. Uh, they certainly didn't decide to apply Nexus to any of the Nest devices, uh, even the new devices that they came out with. So, I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're just going to reserve Nexus as a phone nameplate from now on and try to develop new brands for laptops and a new brand for all their home stuff. Yeah, I mean potentially. I mean, as far as I know, the Nexus Nine, their tablet, um, never really sold that well. Like I believe the Nexus Seven did alright in both its iterations, but the Nine, you know, I haven't seen a lot of them, and they don't seem insanely popular. So maybe it makes sense to break that off into uh, its own category and trying to push into the productivity space a bit more. I mean. I don't know how much success they're going to have with that, but you know, you might as well try. If if it's not selling, then you know, try something different. Or give it to all the developers at Google <laughs> I/O next year. <laughs> yeah, I did wonder about that when they're like, "Oh, by the way, yeah, free Nexus Nine for everyone." I'm, I'm thinking somewhere there's just a warehouse of five thousand of these. They're like, "What? No, I how think, do we get this space back for our new product?" I, I think it'll be a little bit different when you get your laminated like ID tag. It will be a Nexus Nine. You just, you just, it's just screen printed on the back of it. <laughs> Please just take these. The, the amount of money we have to pay because they've got they've got chemicals and batteries in them. If you could just like take them to your home country and state and dispose of them there, it would really be helping us out. But I, I meant to ask we we talked about split screens, Russell. Did um, I know that Apple had been priming the pump for a couple of years with developers, first suggesting and then strongly hinting, and then if you were well connected, if you had a good relationship, they would basically strong arm you into saying you should really start rewriting your apps so that they don't necessarily know what size i don't even want to say what size screen they're going to appear in we want you really want to create your app so that they can appear in a arbitrary box and we're (laughs) going to really help you to understand that we can't tell you why but we're just saying that we think that sometime in 2015, you're going to be really happy you put all that work in in 2014. Has Android ever done anything like that to indicate that maybe they are trying to bring like a sp- uh, sp- multiple apps on the same screen to uh, to Android in an official it's, it's way? A little bit, yeah, it's a little bit different on Android because on iOS, you started off with one screen size. And there was a technology for, you know, pinning things to the edge of the screen and having it. Um, resize but it wasn't that advanced you know it was pulled directly from the mac and it was you know kind of not implemented fully and people never used it because they're like well there's one size screen iphone why would i bother and then apple has iterated on that you know over the years they introduced auto layout which is the thing you were talking about about three years ago i want to say and even when that first came out people were like well what what is this for like it's easy to just use the old technology and they're like apple like no think this is the one you want to go for and <laughs> then they introduced these things called size classes and it was just a box and you're like why is the box this shape like no phone is this shape no tablet and then you're like ah oh, yeah okay i get it now but android has had that from day one so their layout system has always been you know here's 
here's all the tools you need to lay this out on a tablet, on a phone, you know, on something halfway between a phone and a tablet. So there's literally nothing else they have to give you to enable that. I mean, I don't know how many apps sort of have that already under the hood. I think the thing that Apple was really pushing is is they knew that none of their apps had that. And they're like, you should really implement this. And if you every year they'd say that to us at um, the developer conference. They're like, if you haven't, <laughs> this is the year, trust us, you know, wink, wink. And it got to the point where they said it so many times that developers pretty much knew. They're like, okay, I, I understand what you mean. And I haven't, I haven't seen that signaled from Google. But then again, like I said, you know, Google have had those technologies built in from day one. So, you know, but they, they haven't made any push to say developers, you know, you should probably start testing your thing with, you know, a box this size. But yeah, all the stuff is already there to do it. That's too bad because one of the things I really liked about the Nexus 9, because it was the first full-sized Nexus, uh, first first full-sized Android tablet that I thought to use with a mouse because uh, when Android L came out, and I was really surprised at how natural a fit it was for a keyboard and a mouse. I never know, there's at no point using it as a multi-touch device, even the phones that I ever think that Material was designed to be agnostic for input devices. But as soon as I started, as soon as I got the right mouse that would uh, that work with Android, I realized that, wow, oh my God, that's right. Because now it's using these big circles to their easy click targets every part of the interface has been slimmed down so that it's easy to figure out where I need to put the mouse for the next thing. Uh, and so it really kind of got my attention looking at this this new tablet that if they, obviously they didn't have any room for a trackpad on that keyboard. I mean, it would be, it would be a, a Chromebook if it, if it had a trackpad. But I, am, I really want to see what it's like to use this device with, uh, with Android M uh, with a pointing device and see if it really will work as a real notebook. Yeah, it's um, with material design, you know, they want to be everywhere. And regardless, like if you on your tablet or in your car, and they've even introduced a material design light, I think it's called. And so it's like their own version of what material could look like on a website, which is pretty fun being, um, you know, in the web field. I actually did a review on like, how material design can be used in the web. And I reviewed one of the sites that was using kind of material design, which was the women tech maker site. And it works really well. It doesn't feel like you're using a phone or obviously they've changed it a bit. So it feels more like the web where, you know, they don't really have a floating action button, but they're using a lot of the same buttons and animations and it doesn't feel foreign. Like if you were to Use if you were to use uh, iOS nine, you know, if you were to use that in a website, it would completely look foreign, and you wouldn't know where the buttons were. So I think they really took a lot into consideration on how on material design that it was going to be everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that part of it could work. I mean, the other interesting thing is going Android for this thing means you have more apps. Like we said, there's not a whole lot of tablet apps, but uh, there's many more than there are Chromecast apps. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Sorry, not Chromecast, uh, Chrome OS. I mean, that's not a high bar, but at least, you know, you've got more apps at the gate. And maybe you've got more incentive for developers. Like Google have pushed us uh, quite a lot to be on Chrome OS ever since they introduced the, um, the feature where you can run Android apps on there. And we've just never had the time or the inclination to do that. And if this thing and, you know, the things that manufacturers do with this is at all successful, then that could be something to push developers into, you know, putting those extra bits into their app to, to, to make it better on there. Now, what, what what haven't we talked about? We, we talked we talked about the phones. I'm so I'm I'm still kind of split between the five X and the six P. I I, I kind of yeah. What a I, I, where, where are you standing? I want to know. I kind of see. I'm kind of leaning towards the five X because I over the past year I've kind of learned that I like smaller phones. I just like some of the features of a larger phone that have nothing to do with a larger screen. I mean, if you get the five X with the amount of storage you could get in the six P. Like a, a 32 gigabyte ceiling is that's right at the tipping point of unusable for me. And it's not because I'm such a power user. It's because I don't like having to, okay, so now I got to go into my podcast catcher and delete shows that I keep meaning to listen to, but have not listened to yet, but I need to take more pictures. So I have to do this. Um, uh, everything, everything else looks pretty good. I like the price too. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, I'm like I said I'm just relieved that the stuff that's really important the the same quality camera the same uh, fingerprint uh, fingerprint reader uh, is in both devices I'm glad they beefed up the the size of the battery in that because the uh, as you've heard me rant before <laughs> I'm kind of done with my the only thing I don't like about the Nexus Five is that 
I basically have to keep it hooked up to a hamster on a wheel connected to a generator <laughs> if I wanted to do anything but be a lovely object after 3 p.m. Yeah, the 5X is a beautiful phone, and I think people are going to be really happy when they do buy it. But I just love the way the 6P looks, and that bigger battery it has a bigger battery, and that's pretty big to me. Yeah, I think I'm in the 6P camp as well. But I think the cool thing is that whichever choice you make, you know, you're going to end up with a good phone. That, like Andy said before, yeah, exactly. The 5X is not crippled in you know major ways. They haven't taken bits out oh, yeah. to try and make you buy the 6P. In fact, they're almost you know very similar prices. There's 50. Um, to $100, you know, difference between most of the models. So really you can just pick, you know, on the one you kind of like the design of best and the, the size you like best. Let's see, we have, so we, have, we haven't talked about Google Photos. They, 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 they used this, since they had everybody's, everybody's attention to talk about some uh, new additions to services. Oh, and they, and they also formally said that Android M is coming out next week. Uh, so if there's any data on your phone, you'll enjoy, enjoy having it for the next week before an update that, Works in the middle, destroys and bricks your entire phone. I'm not saying that will happen. I'm saying that could happen. So if there are pictures of the baby that you have not backed up, I'm saying, for God's sake, save the baby. That's all I'm saying. Um, and but, where, where would you save those pictures, them? Andy? <laughs> Google Photos, perhaps. <laughs> and now, thanks to the new uh, tagging feature. <laughs> yeah. And you, had, you got your feature, Yasmin, the one you asked for. You can finally name people in there. I, I love the Google Photos announcement because I was thinking back to when we had the interview with the Google Photos uh, product managers. And for a lot of the answers, they were like, ah, it's coming, you know, like they, they couldn't tell us anything and they were probably knew it was going to be released uh, pretty soon. Um, but they they were just trying to, you know, be sly about it. So one of the questions that we did ask was, hey, when are we going to get Chromecast back in the Photos app? That was a feature everyone was missing. And um, I think you edited this part, Russell, so it didn't seem like they stopped for that long <laughs> in the actual podcast we produced. But when we were actually recording and interviewing them, there was this like really pretty long pause. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, oh, no, I shouldn't have asked this question because they're not even going to you know, answer me or anything. And then they just kind of were like, we hear you. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so it is coming, and it did came. So we're. Um, I was really happy for the Chromecast, and also being able to name people and tag people. And I'm hoping being able to remove people um, from your photos collections and giving you uh, more control over that. That's pretty exciting. And they also uh, added the ability to share uh, albums and to the community. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was, they did that, that stuff in an interesting way, too. You would expect that to be the most fearful Google feature that, oh, and by the way, don't bother tagging any of your picture. We know the name of your new baby because you just registered the name two <laughs> days ago. Did I say two days ago? I meant two seconds ago. Did I say two seconds ago? You actually spoke about it to your wife two weeks ago in front of a Google device. <laughs> Don't try to cross us. I mean, it's, so I, I, can't, I think they did it in a very cool way that makes them more aware of how skeeved out a lot of people are by Google services, where it doesn't – you just pick a name that you want to refer to a recognized person by. And I have to, I've, I've got some Q&A waiting for A's to come back on, but the statements that they made uh, to the public were that this – data remains private to you so only you know that you know you've called this this person you call Mima is your grandmother and here's you know who she is and that sort of stuff and of course if you if you want to call her you know that woman who wouldn't give me a fudge pop even though I mowed her lawn and she said she'd give me a fudge pop <laughs> I don't know how many how long the name can be but yeah I mean, just when you add that to if you want to name a uh, Russell Ronald <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> or change or change that back so yeah and and, and you mentioned the the really good sharing features which I'm always I'm always curious as to what features do they when, when they're putting together a project this big when they first launched Google Photos, how long were the arguments about how we cannot launch this if we are not able to share albums with other people? That's what people do with pictures; they share them with people, and they don't always do that by holding up the phone and showing it around the room. There, you know, they again there is this person called Mima. She lives in Fort Lauderdale. She wants to see how 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 the apple picking went or <laughs> you know, or how the, how the whatever. Uh, and so now you can share albums with other people simply by sharing a link. Optionally, you can allow them to add photos to that album. Uh, and now your grandmother will get notifications, like regular Android notifications, saying, "Oh, by the way, since you're following this album uh, that, of your of your grandchildren, there's new new pictures in the album." 
Uh, unless she's doing a live demo of the beta version, then then she's not yeah. going to get there for a little while, and we're going to yeah. pause awkwardly, like any minute now they're coming in. But they they, they got to see they, every single CEO has to be sending like a basket of fruit to the CEO of BlackBerry because he did the worst de- the first public demo ever of the new. I, I, technically, it's Android news because their first Android phone uh, with curved screens and uh, uh, and and a slide out. It's running Google. Run, yes, exactly. It runs the Google. Like, just like, <laughs> not, 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 see, I don't want to denigrate, like, our parents and our grandparents by saying that's the sort of thing they would say. I'm saying that's the sort of thing our parents and grandparents, if they know nothing about technology, would say. That's like say that's like, that's like referring to an AOL CD as the internet. I installed the internet on the computer. And he and he couldn't get anything to work with. This is just a demo unit. And then when the, the person and the, the I don't know who the uh, who the interviewer was, but she was just giving him lovely softball questions about say and and so uh, you now this is the first one that uh, that brings BlackBerry to Androids and and his answer I, I can't quote it, but it was along the lines of Yeah, I mean, what could we do? There just weren't enough apps for for BlackBerry. <laughs> 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 and it's like okay it was the worst demo ever it was the imagine uh, imagine steve jobs and imagine the point of light farthest there from and that was this demo so the, <laughs> the, the, the the fact that one of those notifications in the google photos demo didn't work but the second one did that's fine, <laughs> that's fine. we'll take that as a win <laughs> i'll give you that andy I'll, i mean i'll also i don't think it's a good idea but i'll give them props for actually seeming to do live demos where they they seem to be talking to their phones and getting real notifications. Like that's, yeah. I'd never be game to do that on stage because you, you just know that uh, something's going to go wrong. I mean, the other thing about this um, BlackBerry CEO is I get the impression that he didn't want to touch that phone. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, oh, you've got your press event thing in five minutes. He's like, oh, really? Fine, give me the phone. How do we unlock it? Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's all I need to know. Just just give it to me. I'll say a few <laughs> words and then, you know. I'll get on with my life. He didn't look very happy to be uh, holding it. Maybe he's one of those CEOs that's brought in only because he's really good at selling office equipment on eBay. <laughs> maybe he doesn't have a maybe he doesn't have a plan to kickstart this company. It's it's really it's really quite sad. Yeah, I think it's showing like the first app he opened uh, was Chrome. Yeah. Google Chrome. He's like, see, it's running the Google. And so then he goes to open up Google Chrome and then it's like, hi, please sign in. And he's like, and since this is a demo device, you know, it's not set up. And then he like goes back to the home screen and we're all like, that's not even the Google. No. Yeah, yeah. Show okay. us the keyboard. Oh, I can't show you the keyboard because yeah. yeah. I don't know which yeah. app to launch that I can actually type in. Exactly. I was like, oh my gosh, don't you have Google Keep installed Stop in that? The that's fight. Like... Stop the fight. No moss. No moss. <laughs> And, and this is... I was just hoping that the, the woman would just grab the phone and be like, please just give this to me. I will sell your product better and just opens up Google Keep and starts typing on it. Uh, like meanwhile, like so uh, 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 iOS 9 uh, was released by Apple last week and it has like so many cool keyboard features. And one of, the, one of them is that the keyboard, even on the phone, can also be a trackpad. So if you force, if you have the new phones, you can force touch, and then suddenly the wherever wherever the cursor is will basically move like you're moving moving it like a trackpad. And I can only the first time I saw that demo, I thought this was a great week for BlackBerry to show their brand new slide out clicky button keyboard. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like sometimes sometimes you really feel as though you do not count amongst God's beloved on this day, and I think that BlackBerry is not amongst God's beloved this week. <laughs> But bless them for trying. Bless their little guy, hearts. Bless uh, them for trying to keep as many people employed until they get a nibble on their LinkedIn's. <laughs> I can imagine a lot of um, engineers being proud of that phone, and then you know having to see that they're like, "Come yeah. on, just you could have put me up there." Oh, That's a good point. Five minutes. I could have done this. Come on. That's the thing where I'm like, you couldn't. I'm sure there is people in your company that know this device and are super proud of it. And can tell and share to the world what amazing things you can do with it. And you send the guy that doesn't know anything. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Uh. One of the, what just well, he she kept asking him those gotcha questions, like, "How does your phone work?" <laughs> <laughs> can you please show us the keyboard? Ah, uh, demo device. <laughs> does it place and receive phone calls? Uh, I don't know. At last, I haven't seen this for three months. <laughs> <laughs> But it has a curved screen. Can I see your ID right now and a business card? I need to see that you actually work for the company you purport to represent. 
Actually, that would be hilarious if two weeks from now it turns out he's just the guy that walked in in a suit and they're like, yes, yeah. I, I am the BlackBerry CEO. Please interview me. I think that's pretty much everything, isn't it? Yeah, we're an hour already. Yeah, so they, 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 had, they added fa- a family plan for Google Music. You can get six seats for 15 bucks a month. That's nice. Yeah, I've noticed just recently they, they turned on the thing where they block you if two people try and listen to the same Google Play music stream at once. And my, my wife and I have had that. Like I press play and she press play and one of us can't play. I'm like, well, that's new. And now it makes sense. They've got a family plan. It's a great price for six seats. Yeah. I'm curious how the sharing works. Like if you all have to sign up and then I don't, is there one like major account? Um, I don't know. If it works like the way that uh, it does on Apple, there's one account that kind of owns, so to speak, not every one of the other accounts, but it owns access to the family plan, and they have certain admin uh, ability to do that. There was You're reminding me of something, though, I think was part of the audio Chromecast uh, demo, where um, it was uh, demonstrating how Spotify works with this thing, and so that it's smart enough that if let's say your spouse is listening to a Spotify playlist and you come home, your phone can see that the Chromecast audio is being used for this Spotify playlist, then open you to that same playlist so that you can then pick other songs from that playlist. So it's not like you're taking it over to your phone. It's not you now have, like, it's like the second game controller to fight over which song on the playlist gets skipped and which one goes next. <laughs> and I just I, I just imagine a who's afraid of Virginia Woolf sort of thing where just two... two People have been married for longer than they should have been married, just getting drunker and drunker and hashing all of it out based on what they're skipping and what they're trying to favorite. Uh, Google Music Battles. You can end your marriage for 35 bucks. (laughs) But yeah, so overall, overall was your take, Yasmin? Were you happy with the entire thing or wishing for a little bit more? I was happy to see how diverse the stage was. I was getting worried there at the end. They finally brought in um, a white male because I was I was worried about you guys. You, Andy, and Russell, I was thinking about you, and I go, you know what? Andy and Russell are going to feel so underrepresented in this event because there are so much uh, women on stage and other you know minorities on stage. But, you know, Russell and Andy, they need to feel like they're a part of Google. And so I was happy they brought in the, the, the guy at the end. Just to, you know, make it all clear. I was, yeah, I was actually really happy because um, the Apple event, last Apple event was just terrible that like the first time they brought a woman on stage was via the Photos app and they forced her to smile. So it was just pretty terrible. So it was pretty fun to see that as a fan of Google that what they're doing um, and that to to reach other people. Um, so I was really happy about that. I really, I'm, I'm excited for the 6P. Give me, you know, it has a huge battery and AMOLED display. And I already have one um, ordered that's, you know, coming to me. And I even ordered a the Chromecast. So as I was, wa- I was Chromecasting a video because I was testing out the app. And as I was waiting patiently for it to Chromecast, I thought it would probably be a lot faster if I had the new Chromecast. So I went and bought it. What? While I was Wait a minute, that. did you just say you ordered a 6P? I did. Which one did you get? Uh, the silver one. Oh, so jealous right now. Thanks for bringing all these products to Australia, <laughs> Google. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I decided I decided to get the 6P. And um, thank you to one of my friends who knows who he is because he sent me the link to download it because I was refreshing the Google Play Store. I was like, refresh, refresh, <laughs> where are the new phones? And then I get a get a message, you know, from my friend. He's like, I already ordered it. And I was like, give me the link. (laughs) So he he did some some URL searching and hacking and and found it before it was like announced. So so that was fun. So it should be coming in three to four weeks, which um, actually brings up another quick point that I am thinking about uh, joining Project Fi. Uh, I don't know. Russell, you guys don't have that in Australia. Yeah, it's only another US product based, right? we don't have in Australia. Don't don't rub it in, yes, <laughs> so, man. Right. Don't rub it Sorry, in. <laughs> I didn't have mean to. Do, do, do you guys like have elect- electricity? <laughs> it's like this. You hook this wire up to your house, and your lights come on. It's amazing. Let, let me know when you do get something it. about the snakes and spiders. Maybe the en- Google engineers would be so terrified about selling things in your country. Yeah, maybe it is that and the koalas. So I'm considering Project Fi. So l- listeners, if you are using Project Fi. Uh, please send me a tweet. I would love to kind of hear your thoughts and if you're liking it because the price point is pretty great and it's using Sprint and T-Mobile uh, networks and we're currently on T-Mobile. So we would already been getting the coverage that we're, we're getting right now. Um, and because they opened it up uh, to 6P and the 5X, there's more phones that can use Project Fi. So 
when Project Fi was first announced, it was only available for the Nexus 6, and I had my Motorola phone, and I was thinking, nah, not, you know, I don't, I'm not really interested in, in a Nexus 6, so I just kind of passed on that, but now they're bringing more phones to the table. The only thing that kind of, I don't know if the word scares me is the right word for it, but once you're with Project Fi, you're kind of locked down to a Nexus device, which is something I'm okay with, but, you know, I'm probably going to miss the Motorola device if I do that, so... Uh, listeners, I want to know what you think. If you're using Project Fi, tell me what the service is like and if you like it and think it's worth it. And the cool thing about it is that they give you credit. If you say, for instance, you had three gigs of data and you only use two gigs, they would give you $10 off um, because you didn't use all of your data. So it's you pay what you're paying for the data that you're using, which is awesome. And with that, I'm going to give you guys a chance to say goodbye, unlike the Google event that just ended abruptly. Like, the woman comes on stage, and I'm like, oh, who is she? What is she going to do? And then she's just there and says, okay, goodbye. <laughs> and then the, the stream just cuts, and I'm like, who was she? Was she a Latina? Was, was there finally a Latina on stage? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where's my music? Where's my outro? Where's the, here's where you can find all these things. Here's where you can order them. They're like, no, nope, stream's over. Goodbye. Thanks for coming. And Andy, where can people find you? Uh, easiest place is uh, hit, hit up my Twitter feed. I am at Anatko, I-H-N-A-T-K-O. You can also find me at uh, the Chicago Sun-Times site, suntimes.com. Just filed about 2,000 very quick words. Very uh, 2,000 quick words. Oh, that sounds great. The craftsmanship and 2,000 words written very, very fast. <laughs> <laughs> I got a keyboard. I smacked them out. So if you haven't got you enough go. of me blathering on about it uh, in vocal terms and you can actually actually if you don't like my voice you can just uh, take that copy paste it speech to text uh, and then have uh, siri speak it to you or have uh, android voice to text do it for you i i don't care as long as you <laughs> click through the ads and russell where can people find you uh, you can find me at rusty shelf on twitter and if anyone from google is listening and you want to shower us in nexus devices then uh, um i'm not too proud to beg just uh, send some our way wink wink <laughs> Yeah, next uh, show you're going to be like, I have five Nexus devices. <laughs> I tiled my walls with them, and I just I'm missing like a one by one meter square, but I've got the rest of the. Uh, don't the send one to Yasmin because she already has one. She she abused she abused her hey, insider hey, hey, access to sneak orders. ahead of all the right thinking people who are patient to wait for you to publish it. I don't think she should get a second one for free. Uh, listeners, if you, I guess you won't have this because it's three to four weeks until the 5X or 6P comes out, but I really want to see what the ice blue looks like. So if anyone, well, <laughs> I can Google search it. Never mind. I'm, not, I'm sure someone will have hands you, on videos. I don't need you, you, you listeners. You have your own problems, listeners. We're, we don't want to add, we don't want to put another brick in your backpack. <laughs> yeah. Although if you, yeah. although if you do have information about Google 5, yeah. please uh, yes, do uh, write to us. And how do they write to us? Oh, at, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Material Podcast. And you can feed, email us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at relay.fm forward slash material. And you can find me at, at Yasmin Avian on Twitter. I want to thank everyone for listening. Until next time, stay material. Well, you know, I live in Arizona, so I can take it out back with a shotgun, and I'll tell you what how it survives the shotgun test. You just like that, that wow. part of the country. You just throw it in the air and just trust that people think it's a grouse. <laughs> it's just you throw it hard just, enough, just someone will a... shoot it, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. As you throw it. <laughs>I was I was watching the stream and there was someone in Germany who was doing an ASCII version of a butt and pasting it like in every single like ten lines in a row like an ASCII butt like and there wasn't there wasn't anything pornographic it was just like your basic like eleven year old he he look I put a butt in the comments everybody see it. <laughs>